Hello, and welcome to Daily Kefafi with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today's Thursday, February 13th, and I'm still reporting on my couch in my TV room, which is not a slum, as we established yesterday. You're slum and <laughs> I'm what? Didn't someone say uh, in the comments that you were slum shamed? Oh, yeah, somebody slum shamed me. No kidding. Because <laughs> of all the dog blankets here on the couch. Anyway, somebody else suggested that in this room I turn around, but I really can't. I tried to make it work, and it doesn't work. There's no couch over there. There's really hardly any room to sit because the TV's right there. And anyway, we'll just we'll just be here for another maybe one more day, and then I'll be back in my regular room. Um, so welcome, Carter, to your own show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. I'm good. Today's going to be a funny, just kind of a casual day. We, uh, first of all, if it's your first time here, please hit like on the video and subscribe. Uh, you can also watch us on BitChute if you don't want to support YouTube. And we're any, you can listen to us anywhere where you can listen to podcasts. Carter puts the episodes up everywhere where you can get podcasts Look for unsafe space. And uh, if you want to visit our website, we have a book club. We do monthly discussions. The next book or the book we're reading now is The Madness of Crowds, and we're going to be announcing the next the book club date soon. Um, but it's by Douglas Murray, and we also have a web store where you can buy some T-shirts and hats. And then we have a subscribe star if you want to support the podcast. Subscribe star, look for Unsafe Space. Okay, so today. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm. So I need to practice being succinct. What would you like to talk about, Carrie? Oh, <laughs> you're fine. Are you still smarting from the sugar thing? That was a really good analogy, actually. The sugar. Yes, but and, it was uh, rambling, and I'm aware that it was rambling. That's okay. Um, let's. I ramble all the time. So, but today, let's talk about that. So, one of our viewers is Dr. K. We call her the Good Doctor, Dr. K. Carlin. She's one of the knitters who came over to save the world and has participated in our book clubs. And uh, she wrote this article that's really, I thought, insightful and honest piece on Medium about being a, a Democrat for the past 20-some-odd some years and um, going to a Trump rally for the first time and what she witnessed there and kind of dispelled a lot of the stereotypes that people on the left, people who are in especially when they're in the really tight echo chamber on the left and don't come into contact with any people who disagree with them. They have a lot of stereotypes about what Trump rallies are like and what Trump voters are like. I used to have those stereotypes. And so I love this piece. It reminded me of kind of a lot of the stereotypes that I used to hold about Trump voters and, um, and about Trump himself and about the rallies. And it reminded me of when I first went on my journey of kind of waking up a few years ago, how um, I just believed a lot of stuff that wasn't true. And if you're just getting your information from a little tiny leftist echo chamber like I was, you probably believe that the crowds are not very big, which she dispels. You probably believe that Trump supporters are all violent, hateful bigots, which she dispels. <laughs> um, and th it's, just, it's just a really great piece. And uh, so anyway, she shared this and it's kind of gone viral. Uh, I saw today Don Trump Jr. has just shared it. So that's going to be pretty cool for her and yeah. get hopefully get a lot of people to read it. Although here's the thing. 
I'll say this. I shared it, and it did get a lot of shares on my page, too. But I noticed most of the people sharing it kind of are already free thinkers or they're Trump voters. Um, they're either free thinking liberals or they're Trump voters. It's, it's like the people who need to read this. Unfortunately, the people who need to read this are the people who get really defensive about it. There was somebody in my comments who's been arguing with me for days about it. He's like a really committed, hardcore, hateful and vitriolic leftist. And those are the best. Yeah. And basically his whole comment was um, that he doesn't basically I I, let me see if I can sum it up in a succinct way that he doesn't understand how someone can vote for Pete like she did and then and then leave the Democrat walk away from the Democratic Party and switch her voter registration and to predict that Trump is going to win. And that Democrats maybe deserve to get trounced again because hopefully then they'll learn their lesson. He doesn't understand how someone could vote for Buttigieg and leave the party and say that they think the Democrats are going to lose and that they deserve to lose. And so and because he doesn't – so he gets one thing right, which is saying, well, that's odd and interesting, right? But then he doesn't get the second thing right. He doesn't go, help me understand that better. Let Did he me, read let me, her article you know, or no? I can't even tell because he keeps confusing me with her because I quoted her when I posted it and he keeps calling me and alternately her a liar. He calls me a manipulator. He calls me deceptive. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like if you disagree with her prediction that I quoted her, the prediction being Democrats going to lose, then what's your prediction? And why, why do you disagree? You it's, you, you don't, uh, he, he's using words like propaganda and all this. It's like, you don't understand what propaganda means. Propaganda doesn't mean, an opinion I disagree with. <laughs> it doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean being wrong about a prediction. Like, right. I think X person that. will win is not propaganda. It's not propaganda. It's a prediction that you may disagree with. But he has yet to explain why he disagrees, what his prediction is, why he holds his prediction. He has yet to ask any of us, me and the other people he keeps confusing me with, what our opinions actually are. He's doing that thing they do. He's insulting us. He's calling names. He's putting words in my mouth and in her mouth um, instead of actually engaging with what we do think or asking us what we do think. And I, I just think it's really sad because, um, as I was saying, it's like it's like he gets the first thing. He rightly says this is an interesting and different and unusual point of view that I don't see often in my leftist echo chamber. He gets that right. But then the next thing to do would be to say, help me understand it better. And he doesn't do that. He says, this is interesting and different, and I don't see this a lot. Therefore, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, therefore, you're a bot. Yeah, I didn't, by the way, Dr. Carlin is in our book clubs. She's got a lot of great stuff to contribute. She's on chat a lot. On our, She's like, she's one of the unpersons. She's one of our supporters. Um, I'm, I'm horrified to find out that she's actually a Russian bot. I, I had no idea. <laughs> that she's a lying propagandist yes uh, manipulator and the funny thing she is seems i was thinking like about a it, human he, when you talk to her on video yeah so he's been arguing in that thread for days and there's several women in there uh like we don't all have the same opinions but there's several women in there who we've all in one way or another walked quote walked away from the democratic party and so i was like wow no wonder he keeps confusing me with all these other women because there's like six of us in there and all ovaries are the like, same oh, though right is that the thing i know but it's sort of but listen but it's sort of like this it's like 
there's six of us in there. So it, it, it's weird enough to say it about one person, to but to believe it about, you know, I don't understand how a liberal could walk away from the Democratic Party. You must be a liar. And then another one comes in. I don't understand how a liberal can walk away from it. You must be a liar. And then another one comes in. You must be a liar. You must be a There's like a ton of liars in that thread. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. It, and so I know I'm, I'm the one rambling today, but one other final thought about this dude. I went to his profile because, again, I find this – I find the level of unconsciousness fascinating. Like – the same stuff we were talking about with the person I was in a Facebook discussion with discussion. I use that word loosely. The same, it was the same thing I was talking about with that other person this past week is when someone behaves in a way that doesn't reflect what they claim to believe. And I went to his profile and lo and behold, within the past day, he had posted a Tolstoy quote that was, um, I'm going to mangle it, but it was something, you know, it's like love is, is the only thing, that will save humanity from all of its ills. <laughs> and I and I just said to him, because it's amazing to me, I was like, but you don't, I saw that you posted this Tolstoy quote, love is the thing that will save humanity from all of its ills. You don't behave like you believe that. Well, maybe he doesn't want to save humanity from all his ills, all the ills. Maybe he wants to, uh, he wants to see us all burn and die. So. No, but do you see what I'm saying? Somebody oh, I, I know what you're saying. As if they... Yeah, as if they believe it, but they and the, that you don't you don't behave as if you believe the thing that you're quoting. That to me is very important. It's like because that happens all the time with people who are living unconsciously, and I I used to live that way. It's like you're just saying stuff. You see a quote online and you go, "That sounds good. Let me put that up." As if and you and maybe part of you thinks you do believe it on some weird surface level, but you're not really thinking about what it means and you're not trying to make sure that your actions reflect that that's your belief. You're just putting it out there. It's like a, it's like a form of uh, virtue signaling, but it's, it's also a form of like, sometimes I think people um, probably because he was feeling like he was deep down that he was being a jerk. Cause he is, he is being a jerk in that thread that he probably was like, let me find a quote about love to show what I show how good I like, you know what I mean? It's like, but you, let me put this up and then that'll show what I believe. No, it doesn't. You know what shows what you believe your actions, not some quote. Do you, do you behave in a way that transmits that quote through, through the way that you treat others? Even No, you don't. And you're not, and, and we all have our bad days and whatever, but you know, here's your chance. I've probably, I've made three different invitations to him now in the thread for him to just drop his, childish uh tactics his his insults and stuff and to just actually answer the question and explain himself like what is it that you think is what's your prediction and why do you disagree like explain it i'm like i promise you whatever it is that's holding you back from doing that whether it's fear or arrogance or whatever if you were to do that people here would be welcoming even if they disagree with you they're going to be welcoming but i think it's like a fear thing anyway that's my long ramble no i think it's probably a fear thing um I think, honestly, I think a lot of these people are the cowardly verbal equivalents of mass school shooters. They're just like nihilists who want to see everything crash and burn, but they're too afraid to admit the true nature of their own desire to themselves. And so they they spew hatred and evil and try and destroy everything verbally um, because 
uh, obviously the next step is unthinkable, and I'm glad they don't take that next step. But I think it's, I don't know, to me, they're kind of the same category of people as demented mass shooters. They're just like... I don't think so. No? Well, here's here's my distinction. Hold on, this doggy. Come here, sit down. Here's Here's the difference I see. The school shooters I'm thinking of, they wouldn't... They're not deluded enough to put up a quote about love saving humanity. They're not self-deluded like that. Like, can you imagine Eric Harris, the Columbine, one of well, the Columbine shooters? Yeah, but that that's like, what I he, mean. That's what I mean is like the, um, that's what I mean is that they're not, they don't recognize that, that. That they're nihilists. Yeah, like they have the same kind of nihilistic drive, but they don't, they're, there's like this patina of, or not even, there's like a, this intentional level of like cognitive dissonance, this intentional evasion, and what allows them to evade the reality of who they are is by posting Tolstoy quotes about love. Like that, that's what lets them believe that they're not, you know, Dylan Roof or one of those people. Interesting. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Oh, I know. I just, it's the same kind of, you know, the mentality I'm talking about where it's just, uh, it's like this bitter, resentfulness where they're just anyone who seems to be doing well or saying something that they that like they're just living their life on their own they just want to tear everything down oh some people on the internet are talking about something and i disagree with that i need to go call them the most vile names possible and like hate on them as much as i can oh someone is selling some yarn and i don't like something she said i need to shut her business down it's the same kind of like it's the same mentality as just going on a shooting spree. It's definitely resentment. That's for sure. It's it's fueled by resentment. And he, another example of the resentment was interesting because in his attempted insults, and uh, this re- this reminds me of what we were talking about about family yesterday. How family knows where your wounds are. Like they actually know, people that are close to you know where to hit you with the, or the right arrows. Um, sometimes when I get into these online fights or arguments or whatever, when it's somebody like this person who's just slinging insults willy-nilly for no reason, they're just aiming all over the place. They don't know where my wounds are. So, um, like I was saying, uh, that sometimes when it's a person who's just slinging arrows like this person is, they they don't really know where your wounds are, and so they'll say things that are not necessarily the things that would hurt you specifically because it's not... Again, no. But they might be telling you how they would be heard. Yes, it's projection. Yes, a lot of times because they don't know you well enough to hurt you, they're hurting you. They're trying to hurt you in a way that would hurt them, and it is projection. Especially SJWs engaged in a lot of projection. So that stuff's always really telling and interesting to me because you can see how what they, you you can learn more about them in their insults towards you. And so this person made two, con- I felt like contradictory insults. At one point he said, um, nothing you've said is, uh, what's the word he used? Uh, not inspired, but interesting or whatever. Nothing you've said is interesting. And then, wait, wait, and then he another said that time, to you? Yeah, nothing you say is interesting. And then later he said, you know, something about, he made reference to my minions. Like I have a lot of minions, which is, Can it's, I borrow it's some? an insulting. Right. Well, it's an insulting way to say, that's an insulting way to say, 
there are people who follow you and engage on your page. I mean, that's all that is, is there are people here who talk on your page. And, oh, it's totally uh, insulting so, to all of our listeners and viewers and part of our community. It's totally insulting, yeah. Are you joking? What, to call our community minions? It's totally insulting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but it's but it's not though because they're not like. No, but it's a, it's, it's an insult, insult to them to say like, oh, you're like, they're minions. Oh, it, okay. right. Yeah, but here here's my point though. But l- let me back up. So on the one hand, he says you have nothing interesting to say, and on the other hand, he says, you know, he makes reference to minions, which is is an attempted insulting way of saying there are people here who engage on your page. Yeah. And so those two things are contradictory attempted insults. One is that there's nothing interesting about what you say at all, but the other is, however, there are people here listening to what you have to say, and I don't like that. And right. so those two things, it's kind of funny. It's like, pick one. Are you are going to insult me one way or the other, but you're just contradicting yourself. And you're telling me a lot about yourself, which is that to say that you have nothing interesting to say is a fear of yours. You think that you don't have anything interesting to say, and therefore you think it would hurt me to say that. Um, and then B, or th- that's A, and then B is that uh, you are resentful and jealous because you don't like the fact that there are people here commenting and talking and having a conversation on this post. And you don't like the fact that her article went viral and you don't like the fact that all these people are sharing her posts and having, and that it's it, it started a discussion. And so you're resentful and jealous. Like that tells me a lot about you. Yep. Um, so that, that part was interesting to me, but yeah, no, anyway. totally. And I, I just, I guess I don't see them as quite contradictory. Like I don't, I don't see it as like either minions or you have nothing interesting to say. I kind of feel like it's a, it's like a childish insult where it's like you have nothing interesting to say. And even if people think you have interesting to say, it's only because those people are minions and idiots and they don't like, it's, it's this like, no one likes you. And anyone who does like you isn't a person who's thinking it's like, all right, like that's, Thanks, kid. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we certainly, like I said, I think it's very similar. There's just, I wish I understood psychology better because there's some kind of deep-seated nihilistic self-hatred kind of thing, which is why I was thinking about the mass shooter mentality a little bit. It's like, there's just something that's just, it's a malevolent universe outlook it's like this malevolent universe premise where like everything is um everyone is evil everything's horrible everything needs to be destroyed and um i can't possibly engage but it's but there's something very different distinct i agree it's rooted in nihilism and resentment but but what's different and distinct is that those mass shooters those school shooters know that they're nihilists and they resent the, they resent, as Peterson puts it, being. They resent the act of being itself. They want to. T- they want to commit. A lot of them want to commit suicide. They don't want to be anymore. Right. But they also don't think anybody else should be. And this type of person is. They have a lot of resentment, but they're um, in one way. Oh, messengers are more as, honest. I think. Yes, I was going to say in one way, in one weird way, they're not as clear-eyed as a crazy-ass mass shooter because the crazy-ass mass shooter at least is self-aware to know that they're an analyst. And this type of person is like, um, let me wallpaper over my hatred and my toxicity and that's spewing out of me 
and obvious to anyone else who sees the way I interact and let me just operate in self-delusion and as if I'm a person who believes quotes about love healing everything. Right. <laughs> like, like, wow. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying any of us are perfect at love. Um, we're all imperfect. We're all human. And we all have, like I said, good days and bad days. But um, this person's been in this thread for days and has been offered several branches and several life rafts of like, here, come into the conversation in good faith and, ex- you know, explain your opinion. And I promise you we'll receive it with open arms, even if we disagree. And they can't do it. Right. <laughs> they can't They can't take that. It's like, dude, look at what you just quoted. Try and use love to fix your ills and the ills in this thread. Can you do that? You just said that you believe that quote. Can you practice it and show someone that you believe it? Nope. Or you? Uh, no, <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> oh my God! What? By the way, I haven't been holding my microphone. Have you been able to hear me? Yeah, I hear you. You just sound, you know. Okay. I, I give up on your sound as long as we can kind of hear you. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Okay. okay. Um. Uh, in in so I know I've said that they're and not, like math shooters are more honest. I do want, like, and I think that might be true. Like, they may be more psychologically honest. The saving grace for these people, um, which makes them better than mass shooters, obviously, uh, is um, there's still some part of their psychology that holds on to the idea that um, love should be a value. And, like, there is something worth at the end of the day. They haven't totally let go, right? The mass shooter has embraced the same kind of malevolent outlook on the world, nihilistic outlook on the world, and have let go of any part of themselves that wants to cling to life, right? And and cling to something that's actually good and at least recognize that it's so this person like they know they still they still the Tolstoy quote they they pick is about love. They're not they still know that's kind of what they should be doing. There's still some, some like there's some redeeming quality there because they recognize at least at some level yeah. that as a positive value, um, which is what's probably yeah. preventing them from just severing all ties with reality completely. Yeah, that's why I think there there's maybe part of me thinks this person keeps coming back to the thread because maybe deep down part of them wants to let go of their fear and to engage honestly and authentically, but they're just too afraid. And so that's why, I don't know, that that that's why I've continued to talk to this person, although it's gotten pretty boring because it's repetitive now, but yeah, whatever. Maybe, maybe they'll say, maybe I'll look at, maybe tomorrow I'll log in and I'll be shocked and it'll be, like, well, here's what I think and why. And <laughs> maybe it's, it's a form of gestalt therapy or something. You're, it's uh they, they just need to go get confronted in some major way, and uh, Wait, their, their subconscious is pointing them. Gestalt, huh? Remind me what Gestalt therapy is. Uh, well, you know what? Now that I say that, I'm not. I thought Gestalt isn't Gestalt more confrontational. I thought it's like more um, in your face kind of thing, but I could be wrong. I thought it was like where you interrupt the patterns of thought and you like shock. I thought that was Gestalt. I, I could be wrong. Someone, a psychologist, can tell us. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Here, wait. I'll, you know what? I'll look it up. Hold on. I'm looking it up too. <laughs> Gestalt psychology. Gestalt therapy. According to Wikipedia, it's a school of psychology that emerged in Austria and Germany. Blah blah blah. Uh, 
gestalt, meaning is interpreted as a pattern or configuration. Gestalt psychologists emphasize that organisms perceive entire patterns or configurations, not merely individual components. I don't know. This Wikipedia article is not helping me. Anyway, you know what I mean? Kind of like some sort of shock therapy kind of thing. It's like that you need the tough, they need the tough love psychologist, and maybe that's what you are for them. Their subconscious is bringing them back to Facebook for you so that they can <laughs> process with you. <laughs> I'm so I'm acting you act as my uh, unpaid therapist sometimes I'm acting as somebody's unpaid therapist is that right yeah. I, I like the sound of that that makes me th- sound like the therapist of therapists okay. so that's good <laughs> you're a therapist of therapists <laughs> by the way you guys important announcement Carter used his first emoji today <laughs> thank you Maria Maria sent me like text <laughs> like some copy to use to adjust for Instagram, but hers had all these emojis in it. And I was like, I don't know. What? <laughs> like a totally old person. Under- I'm like, why is there like a monkey picture in here? I don't understand. So, uh, but Carrie convinced me that I needed to put at least one emoji in. So I figured out how to put a ball of yarn in. And there you go. Carter I don't like emojis. I'm one of those people that mostly when I text you, not all the time, I use some abbreviations. I'm one of those people that mostly when I text, there's like capital letters at the beginning of a sentence, an entire sentence and a period at the end with punctuation. That's like, that's the mentality that I communicate. I, the, I never got into the emoji thing, so. That's because you like only intermittent fun. <laughs> that's right. Emojis are just way too much frivolity for me. Can't, can't handle it. Uh, okay. Anyway, Carrie, wait, can we can we do one other thing before we go? Yes. Uh, oh, she just, Carrie, everyone, Carrie just sent me, I think just to screw with me. <laughs> she just sent me a a whole litany of emojis on Signal. I, there's like <laughs> 20 of them, that ranging from a flower to a rainbow to some faces to flowers to pianos and a heart that's blue. Um, anyway. I'm moving on from emojis. I'm going to talk about racism really quickly because this is awesome. Let's do it. All right. You see this? You see this baby? Let's watch this baby. This is at the University of Virginia. This is the Multicultural Student Center at the University of Virginia, Carrie. I want you to watch exactly how racism is done. Public service announcement. Excuse me. If y'all didn't know, this is the MSC. And frankly, there's just too many white people in here and this is a space for people of color so just be really cognizant of the space that you're taking up because it does make some of us pocs uncomfortable when we see too many white people in here it's only been open for four days and frankly there's the whole university for a lot of y'all to be at and there's very few spaces for us so keep that in mind thank you there's very few spaces for you where are you what what decade are you living in yeah, it's if tough. It's tough to be her. Spaces, that's a that's a lie. There's nowhere on campus where you're you can't go. I dare you to sh- where, <laughs> where is it that you're that's not a space for you? Where is it that says no people of color? You know what? There's zero spaces. I guarantee you. I don't even need to research this particular college. There's zero spaces at that college that say people of color can't go there. And yet. There's a space that you're in right now that you feel comfortable saying, hey, white people, too many white people can't come here. <laughs> you know, I've got a great idea. What if we like had, I don't know what we would call it, something like segregation, and we forced people to go to different places and use different facilities based on their race. Have we tried that yet? That seems like an idea. What do you think? 
Did that work? Has that worked? <laughs> Wait, I think I wasn't that Martin Luther's big dream was that someday we will have different spaces based on the color of your skin. I think that was what it was. That's so <laughs> sick. But you know what? I think the best way we've talked about this before. It, there's a tendency to get and righteously so, I think, angry when you see racism that's that bold and comfortable comfortable being openly racist like that is really kind of shocking in this day and age and so there's a tendency to get angry but i think that the best response to that is to try is to maintain your sense of humor because it also makes me laugh if i had been sitting in that room when she made that announcement i seriously would have just started laughing (laughs) like are you for real like looking around like (laughs) which probably would have made her really mad and then we would have had a, a a laughing angry battle and hopefully laughing would win We'll see. I, I doubt <laughs> laughing would have won that battle, Carrie. <laughs> you don't think so? No. Laughing's uh, yeah. a pretty formidable opponent. Humor humor is a pretty formidable opponent. I mean, this is less of a commentary. I mean, the fact that she feels comfortable to do this isn't really... I mean, we can pick on her, fine. But think of the culture that is... Like, the culture on that college campus, and probably most, is such that people feel comfortable doing and saying abhorrently racist things because it's accepted. So she's probably not. Because that's what they're being taught. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like her doing something that uh, like she's she's a little bit of an outlier, but she wouldn't do this if she didn't feel like she could get away with it. And she did. She did it. And, you know, all went well. Right? No one called her. This no one is, yelled at her for being a racist during this conversation. Uh, it's it is it is it doesn't spring from thin air. This is what if your kids are going to college today, they're probably learning some form of this, and they're probably learning it in elementary school, as we've seen. They're now teaching this kind of crap to four-year-olds, to preschoolers. So it's it, it, this is just a manifestation. This is just her articulating like putting into practice what she's learned, which is that they teach it's impossible to be racist towards white people, that that racism depends on the race of the person inflicting it and the person at the being targeted by it. Isn't that hilarious? Could you imagine, it's, could you imagine that like that being, I guess it probably kind of was the argument, but like imagine like rewinding and all the, the, all the racists that were trying to justify slavery and saying there were differences and like, oh, uh, Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, it's not racist if we're talking about black people. <laughs> like, I just can't, oh, I can't that imagine is, that being an argument that would that hold any water. A, but uh, it takes a lot well, of college degrees of to the, get to the point where this makes sense. Well, no, but that was a version of the argument. That's why it's just the same thing warmed I, yeah, over. I that know, was a version of the argument. I know. I'm, just let me say that, that was a version of the argument because – that the whole what they were putting forth was the idea that black people were less than human and that they were I mean even they, they put that into law less you know what was it three-fifths human three-fifths man and so this idea that it's it, there's it's okay because they're separate and different and that's what's being taught like you said that's what's being taught now it's just it's got the veneer just like it had back then it has the veneer of something academic and intellectual it's like no it's just freaking racist it's just racist and you feel comfortable and the the funniest part is white people who go along with it and preach it that to me just is like because 
it, it's what we've talked about. They they feel like they're setting themselves apart as like good white people, but um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, you know, what's one thing that strikes me as slightly different that I just realized is in the in the olden days, people used pseudoscience to at least try and justify their racist. Um, ideas so they would try and like make it seem scientific right yeah um and and that's how they would like word everything because at least they recognized they needed to appeal to something objective but the social justice warriors are like they don't even do that they're they don't even like yeah no this has nothing to do with science this is just social justice racism yeah the end There's they just no they, they do attempt. try to make it sound academic of course it's it's it came out of that's true. Academia came out of, but they don't. They don't have the same. I mean, they're anti-science. They're, they they view it as, it as uh, racist and sexist and part of the patriarchy. So they don't. They don't feel a need to try and make it scientific. It's enough to give it fancy words, and to have an academic, um, talk about it. And then and then then you it trickles all the way down to friggin' Facebook discussions where suddenly, some you know, newbie SJW is trying to lecture you on white fragility <laughs> and it has the veneer of something intellectual because of the, you know, the jargon. White fragility. Yeah. You know, you're, um, something that you're making me realize is they have replaced, um, they've replaced the worship of science for the worship of academia, which is completely different. And they've, they've actually used, now that I think about it, They've actually explicitly said science is science is racist. Like science is bad. Academia is superior to science. So, um, yeah. because they've argued, you know, we've seen arguments about logic being a tool of white oppression, um, like science being bad. So they're actually explicitly now rejecting science. What they've done is replaced science with academia, probably because academia is way easier to control. You just say whatever you want, write long papers, have them peer reviewed, make up words. Uh, <laughs> write about a knapsack in your, you know, have a dream about a knapsack, write a paper about it. And suddenly it's, it's legit. Woohoo! Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's yeah. because it's all about lived experience now or lived experience. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just like making fun of their words. Is that, does Maria have a yarn called lived experience? <laughs> she should, she should. I don't, I don't think she does. Uh, I think what she should do is, just sell an empty package that has the lived experience label on it, and that can be the yarn, it, like Emperor's <laughs> New Clothes kind of yarn. Because it's there's nothing there actually, it doesn't doesn't hold together. Lived experience is useless. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he's got some. On that note, I think maybe oh. we should wrap it up, Carrie. What do you think? Yes, I think we should wrap it up. You had to think about that for a minute. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, no, not today. I'm really grateful that you guys tuned in today. And if you get a chance to share the video or hit like or subscribe or go check out our website, you can see old episodes. You can learn about our book club. Uh, there should be a link there to our subscribe star where you can support our podcast with a one-time donation or a monthly donation, whatever you like. And uh, if you have any complaints please send them to carter if you have any praise please send it to me <laughs> i think that's the way things go normally so that's fine um thanks everyone for watching don't forget um 
to like, share, subscribe. And earlier today, we posted a short video with Maria Tuscan. Uh, I suggest you check it out because she's got a cool project and there's some giveaways going on. So go check that out. And we will see you tomorrow for a special live episode, which uh, maybe we should make it Valentine's Day themed. I just don't know how to do that. But Carrie's going to do it, right, Carrie? Oh, yes. I'll make it Valentine. I'm a woman in love. I'll read poetry. All right. I'm <laughs> you don't, you not really into Valentine's very, Day. <laughs> what? You look very nonplussed. I, yeah, Valentine's Day is not my thing. Uh, but, and okay. yet it was your idea to make it Valentine's Day themed. I know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a heap. I'm a pile of contradictions, Carrie. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to rely on you to make it Valentine's Day themed and uh, read us some poetry tomorrow. Deal? Okay. Deal. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>